You know, the scripture says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the spirit, I'll rephrase that for you. It says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Amen. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. In him and through him, we can do all things. We're more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. It's all true. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to John 15. John 15. We'll look at verse 1. I want to talk to you today about ditching the baggage and changing your life. And it's... It seems, it seems like it would be easy. It is not. Today I want to speak to the non-believers and the believers. To both today. John 15, 1. Verse 1, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the fine vine dresser. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Verse three, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse four, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you, Father. I just pray, Father, that the revelations that you've shown me uh, that I can convey in a, in a manner that's worthy of you. Father, I pray for every heart and every mind to be open to your word and to the changes and the, and the directions that you have for, the, for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, it really seems like, I don't know for how many weeks now, but for the past several weeks, the Lord has really emphasized in my life that God wants to lead us where we really want to go anyway. And I know you have heard me say that. I've said that numerous times over the last several weeks. And I, really, I think this is true. I, I, the reason I tell you that is because I believe it's true. Amen. But the question is, why are we so reluctant to follow him? You know, and that's an honest question. I, and I've said before also, if we can't be honest in church, where can we be honest at? So I think that we have to be honest in church if we're going to be honest out there, right? That's right, in the world. So why is it so hard to follow God when he wants to lead us really where we really want to go anyway? Why is that? I'm going to break it down for you this morning. You know, I really believe that God has, there's two steps to God's plan for every human being's life, male, female, old, young, tall, short, big, little, whatever the case may be, I think there's two steps. I think the first phase is that God wants everyone to become a child of his. I believe that. The scriptures tell us that. Second, Second Peter 3, 9, it says that, that God wishes for none to perish, but all come to the knowledge of Christ. Everybody. Tall, short, everybody. Jesus said in John 6, 40, he says, the will, of my God, the will of my Father is for everyone to have eternal life. Everyone. But yet, 
There, probably everyone here today, I don't know of anyone that hasn't, you have, re, you resisted that for months and months and maybe even years and years before you gave in to becoming a child of God. Am I not right? Amen. Huh? Don't make me point you guys out because I can tell some stories. Chester didn't want to, he didn't want to come to church. We had invited to church. No, 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 I'm not going to go. Yeah, that's a pretty good impression. But you know, probably every, I was the same way. And I've shared with you, I had these people from church. They stopped by the church. I eventually ended up pastoring for over nine years. They stopped and witnessed to me. And I, I told them, I, uh, thank you for stopping, but man, I just don't, I'm just not interested in that. But yet, all God wanted is for me to have eternal life and spend eternity in heaven with him. <laughs> What's up with that? Why don't we understand that? Of course, we know, looking back, we just didn't know. We didn't realize, we didn't have a concept of heaven, and we didn't have a concept of hell, did we? No, no. So, then, so that's the first part is God wants everybody to be a born-again child of God. And if you're not a born-again child of God, you can before the end of the service is over. Okay? Heaven can be your home. You know, a lot of times people think, well, how do you know that you're going to heaven? Well, let me tell you, God deposits the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Bible, one translation says, as a down payment. And when that happens, you know. Amen. It's true. See, I know. I can't tell you how. And I don't understand it all. But I know that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm going to heaven when I die. Amen. And you can know that. You don't have to wonder. You can know that. So that's the first part. Now, here's the second part. You know, after that, the next part is, is God wants each and every one of us to live a life that brings him glory and honor and brings his blessings into our lives, into his children's lives. God wants that. I believe for everyone here. I said, uh, maybe it's on a Wednesday night, I said, and I just told him right up front, I have an agenda. Pastor Mark, he had an agenda. So I just get, let's just get it right out here. I do have an agenda. And my agenda is, is to see this congregation walk in all the blessings that God has for them. All right? So if you think I'm up to something, you're right. I am up to something. So God has the second part of God's plan for his children. Now, you can't go to the second part and walk in his blessings until you become one of his children. Okay? So, how many of you in here is a child of God? All right. All right. Well, you have to admit that. You're a child of God. You know that. So, so, so here's the thing. God wants us to walk in his blessings the latter part of John 10, 10 says that God wants to have us to have life and have it to the fullest. 
That's what the scripture says. Galatians 5 says that God wants us to walk in love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, self-control, all of these things. He wants us to walk in these things, but yet most of us resist where God wants to lead us. And you guys just thought I was going to talk to the sinners today, didn't you? <laughs> Why do we resist that? You know, a lot of us, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't read our Bible, we don't pray, and, and we, we don't come to church on a regular basis. And, but, and all God wants to do is to lead us where we want to go anyway. And it doesn't matter if you're a born-again believer or if you're not, God still wants to lead you in the way that you want to go. Sometimes we should just give up. So we should ditch our baggage and change our lives. And see, that applies to the non-believer just like it does the believer. I remember before I got saved, oh, I, I just couldn't imagine living for the Lord and leaving all of my friends See, I, I knew that, and, and I've heard other people say this too, other, other friends of mine, I knew if I ever made that decision, I was either going to have to be all in or all out. It wasn't no riding a fence. You know, the most uncomfortable place in the world is sitting on top of a fence. Has anybody tried to do that? It's not no good, is it? No. If you're trying to do that, you need to go ahead and get off that fence. But before I got saved, I did not want to change. Even though God wanted me to go to heaven instead of hell. That's what he wanted. That's what he wanted for me. And of course, those around us that don't know Jesus Christ or Lord and Savior, they just don't know. Just like you and I didn't know. And of course, that's partly where we come in at. We have to share our faith with those around us. Now, you have already admitted that most of you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, and you know, I think, you have heard, I'll say that differently, you have heard that God wants his blessings to be in your life. That's one reason why we took up an offering this morning. So that we could be obedient, so that we would have no hindrances for God to bless us. Just we want to be obedient, right? So if I know and understand how glorious the first part of God's plan is, what makes us think that the second part won't be just as glorious? And it is. Now here's the difference. The first part of God's plan is for eternity. The first part. You can't, you can't go right now. The first part of God's plan. He wants you to go, but he just doesn't want you to go right now, right? All right. But the second part of God's plan is he wants you to walk in his blessings right now. In eternity, that's already taken care of. But what about now? What about today? What about tomorrow? God says the children of his, they can have all the love they want. 1 John says that God is love and we can have all the love we want, right? The scripture says that we can have all the peace we want because Nehemiah says, uh, 
<coughs> or Isaiah 9 says that he is the Prince of Peace. We can have all of that we want. We can have all the joy we want. Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So why don't we have that so much of the time? Why is that? I always love, there's one thing I love about the scripture. It gives us answers. Answers to every question that we have. So what do we have to do to ditch the baggage and change our lives? What must we do? 2 Peter 1.3 tells us how we do this. And it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. You know, I just think a godly life is going to be a great life. I used to not think that. But now I know that, man, if I can just live a godly life, man, how awesome would that be? You know, living a godly life in my, li in my mind, it, it, I think of having no lack. No lack of joy. No lack of love. No lack of peace. Man, if we could can that and sell it, how far could we go? Gentleness? What about self-control? Oh, my goodness. If I could bottle self-control and sell that to the addicts, whether it's gambling or pornography or drugs, whatever the case may be. See, that's what God wants for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. It's, it's always such a shame. It, it, uh, it, it bothers me when the children of God have addictions in their life because they don't have to have. They don't have to have these addictions. Now, this next part in 2 Peter 1.3 is what I want you to hear. I'm going to read it all for you. He says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And the next part says, we have received all of this by coming to know him. Everything that we need to live a godly life, we receive that by getting to know him. It's one thing to meet someone. Hi, how you doing? Shake hands. Introduce yourselves, and then see them a week later at church. That's one thing. But see, this scripture says that we receive all these things to live a godly life by knowing him. It's completely different in meeting Jesus and knowing Jesus. It's completely different. Let me give you an illustration. And then especially for you, for you new, uh, new young Christians, you need to listen to every bit of this. Let me tell you why. Because when I first met my wife and she first met me, of course, we had met lots of different boys and girls at the time and, 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 uh, and things like that. But when I met her, just, you know, casual meeting them. But when I met her, I started spending time with her. And I wanted to. And she, thank goodness, she wanted to spend time with me. Now, because we did that, we got to know each other really well. And because we got to know each other really well, we fell in love. And now we've been together 34 some years. Because we got to know each other. 
Now, it's the same way when we talk about knowing God. You can come to the altar and you can bow down and you can meet Jesus and you can become a child of God. But you know what? If the only way you know Jesus as your Savior and not your Redeemer and your Provider and your Prince of Peace and your Power Supply, you don't know Him enough. We need to know Him better. I'll tell you what, young people. Wherever you're going to in college or in high school, wherever you're setting your aim at, whatever you're wanting to do, you set your aim And then you stay close to God, and God will show you things that other kids don't know. You will have wisdom that other kids don't have. And you'll know the direction that other kids don't know. Why? Because you know God. And you know the direction that you need to go. Because he wants the best for you. He don't care if you uh, go off to college and and, and make a million dollars a year. He, he, don't, he don't mind that. But what, what he does want is for you to live a life that brings him glory and honor, and he wants you to obey him. Amen. 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 I'm going to have to get me a sign that says amen. 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 So how many of us want all the joy, the love, and the peace in our lives? We all want that, right? We want that in our lives. John 15, we got that scripture for you. John 15, I'm going to have to hurry up. Thank you, Lord. Are we ready? John 15, 1. It says, I am the grapevine and the Father is the gardener. Verse 2, it says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that don't bear fruit so that they will produce even more fruit. Verse 3, and you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given to you. Verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you, for the branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me, the Scripture says. Now look at verse 1 just for a minute. It says, so anyway, I ask you the question, what does the vine do? What does the vine do? Jesus says, I am the vine. Well, one thing, the vine determines what the fruit is. Right? See, that's why, that's why all the fruit that we produced before we received Christ, it was all junk. Because, see, we was hooked up to the wrong vine. We was hooked up to a lost and dying world. We was hooked up to a world that was going downward quickly. We was hooked up to that. But you know, Romans 11 says that we are grafted in when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're grafted in. So see, right now, you're hooked up to a different vine. You're not the same as you used to be. You know, and I don't care. I don't care what household you came from. And and I've said this many times. And I think I will say it until we walk in it. It doesn't matter who your dad was, who your mom was, what they done to you who your relatives are, it doesn't matter about that because you're not hooked up to them no more. You are engrafted in to the body of Christ and Almighty God is your Heavenly Father. Amen. 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 It's true whether you believe it or not, it's true. 
The trick is, is you getting to believe it. And once you start believing it and speaking it with your mouth, only then, only then when you believe it and start speaking it with your mouth, only then will you start walking in it. Only then. Well, so much for my sermon notes. How many of you have known people that have said the same lie for so long that they've started to believe it? How many of you know people like that? I do. I know people like that. They say the same lie over and over and over again. And because they do that, they begin to believe it. Now, let me tell you the good part of it. The same thing works for the truth. Amen. The same thing. When you get up every day, everybody's time somebody asks you how you're doing, and you tell them I'm blessed and highly preferred like Gary Rayburn does every time you ask, how you doing, Gary? I'm blessed and highly preferred. If you say that enough, because that's what the Scripture says about him, and he speaks that with his mouth, and if he does that long enough, guess what? He starts believing the truth instead of what he used to be. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You can never go wrong speaking the word of God because that's the truth. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Amen. So the vine, the vine determines the fruit and it also supplies the branch. The vine, which is Jesus, he supplies everything the branch needs. The moisture, the nutrients, everything you and I need. Because we're the branch, Jesus is a vine, Jesus supplies everything we need. Right? That's what the scripture says. Then it says, it says, okay, and then the next one is the gardener. It says the father is a gardener. Well, what does the gardener do? Now, this is real important. Listen to this. What does the gardener do? The gardener protects unwanted intruders. It keeps the rabbits away or or the coyotes, or whatever the case may be. It keeps the weeds away so it won't choke out the fruit and choke out the, the other branches. The gardener protects the, with wrong chemicals being applied. And here's the gardener's number one goal. And the gardener, it says here, is our Heavenly Father. The gardener's number one goal, you ready for it? Now, this is important. The gardener's number one goal is to make sure that branch produces as much fruit as possible. As much fruit. Not, not just a little bit of fruit. I mean, you had tomato plants this year. Wasn't very good, were they? Some of them was. If they was, you got lucky, didn't you? <laughs> but God's whole purpose is, is to make sure to watch over you and to make sure you will produce as much fruit as possible. Fruit that you actually want. Fruit that will, will spread out from you to generation to generation to generation. As I look around here today, I, I know there's families here. And the blessings of God have traveled from generation to generation to generation. As I also look around here, I know that, there's, that the uh, blessings of God has started in your family. You're the first one that ever got born again. You are the first one that ever started serving God. But guess what? If you hold on and you stay hooked up with the vine, you'll be the first. 
And your boys and your girls, they'll be the second and your grandkids will be the third. And you can be the start of the blessing of God being in your family. It can happen. It can happen. So, the father's a gardener and his number one thing is to get as much fruit in us as possible for us to grow. Now, here's the thing. If you haven't been born again very long, or maybe you've been born again for five or 10 or 15 years and you still don't have fruit in your life. Here's the thing. We must allow the gardener, which is God, we must allow him to have access to our lives. You see, it's real simple. God wants to take out the things that don't need to be there. He's the gardener. He, he needs to prune us. But guess what? You can either allow God to prune you or you can say, no way, Jose. See, God won't override your will. If you want to hold on to that addiction, whatever it may be, you can have it. God wants it and he wants to prune that out of your life, but you can have it. You, he, he will not forcefully take it from you. But here's the thing. God wants to take some of our friends out of our lives that aren't good for us. He wants to take some of our habits out of our lives that aren't good for us, our old habits and things like that out of our life. And this is why. Because you cannot take some of your old friends and some of your old habits to where God wants to lead you. You can't drag them along with you. You can hold on to them, but you can't go where God wants to take you. Only, only when you allow him to take Take this. Okay, God, here you are. Okay, and then, then God will knock on your heart, and he says, okay, I want that too. And he'll take that. He'll knock on your heart. Then this might be over a, over a year, two years, maybe even a five-year period, maybe even longer. You know, sometimes when we read the, read the Word of God, we think that all these glorious things happen in six months. No, it took years for many of these events to unfold. But we have to open our hearts, each and every one of us. But we always have those friends around us that we don't want to give up. I was the same way. I didn't want to give up my friends. You know, I wanted them to come with me, and I wanted to, wanted to wait on them. And, but but here, here's the thing. The only thing that might help your friends is for you to get your life straightened out. That might be the only thing that helps them. That might be the only thing that changes them. We cannot take our old stuff to the new places that God wants to lead us. Mm. I hope you appreciate that because I've, I've worked long and hard for that revelation. <laughs> yeah. We must focus on our relationship with God. Second Peter 1, it says that we've done all these things by knowing him. All of these things we received by knowing him. If you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know that eternity, if heaven is your eternal home, you can know that. 
but you've got to make a decision. If you don't know about walking in the blessings of God after you got saved, you can. But you've got to make a decision. I remember a time in my life I had to make a decision. And, and here I was. I was saved. I was teaching Sunday school class. I was doing everything I knew to do. I was taking care of my wife and, and my kids. I was doing everything I knew to do. But I got to a point in my life where I realized God wants more of me. I, I realized that. You know how I realized that? God was knocking on my heart. He says, I want more of you. <laughs> I just love it because God speaks to me and the way I speak. You know, what's interesting in, in, in Revelations, in Revelations 11, there's a scripture that I have taken out of context and probably every preacher on the face of the earth has. <clears throat> and, and it's a scripture that, that says that Jesus is knocking at the door. And we always use that, you know, in the framework of non-believers. That Jesus is knocking at the door of their heart, wanting non-believers to come to him and receive him as their Lord and Savior. And, and, th and that is honest, uh, that's an honest image. That would line up with the scriptures. But that's not what it's talking about in Revelations. Whenever Jesus is standing there and he's knocking at the door, you know where he's standing at? He's standing at the, at the door of the church. He's standing in front of his children's hearts. Because so much of the time, we want part of him. We don't want, we don't want all of him. So whenever Jesus is knocking, he's talking to you and me. Just wait. Come on now. Come on, he says. Come on, I got more for you. Ditch the baggage. And he will change our lives. You know, here upon this earth, we feel like it's not costing us much. But when we get to heaven... We're going to see all that God had for us and possibly the little bit that we have. Possibly. If you're here today and you don't know that heaven is your home, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, please come. If you're here today and you just need to make a decision to stay closer to God, please come. Please come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Please come. If you have a need this morning, if you need direction this morning, please come. Let God minister to you. Let God adjust things inside of you. Let him have some of your baggage. Let him put some good things inside of you. Thank you, Lord. You know, God, he takes things out the same way he puts things in. There's a time in my life where God had taken lots of things out. And then there's one day, I'll never forget it. 
God knocked on my heart and I didn't know what he wanted. But as I opened my heart and sought him, lo and behold, he started putting things inside of me. But he can only do it through an open heart. It's the only way. Only way. God bless you. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.